0: surprise here we are for a second installment of the Justin Insight podcast this week. Uh, this is a little bit of a special show as it coincides with the release of our guests uh, latest DP um, but first let's get the pleasantries out of the way. My name is Tim Birkbeck. I am a writer. I am a lover of music films and wrestling. But most importantly of all I am your body and vehicle through this podcast. Um, so because I recorded the extreme rules episode which came out on our normal Tuesday slot, uh, in the early hours of Tuesday morning, um, I didn't really get a chance to do my, my weekly roundup, which I like to do. I um, don't know if you guys like hear me rambling on, but it gives the chance for me to kind of get things off my chest in a way, I guess. I, I think it's more just a kind of diary sort of thing for me now, because all my days are blurring into one but the episode before uh, the extreme rules show uh, was with narwhals and i mentioned in that show that i was at the uh, progress wrestling super strong style 16 tournament uh, which was just fucking incredible every single guy and girl on that card throughout the three days was just phenomenal um if you have their on demand service i highly recommend going out and checking all three days um Apart from that, really, the the only other real highlight of my week was that my band, The Divorcee, uh, we got to support uh, Melt Banana at the Joiners in Southampton, which was awesome. Um, it was really cool because I've I've wanted to always play that venue, and I, obviously I haven't really been in the band that long, so to play to play the Joiners was quite a big deal for me, and for it to be supporting Melt Banana was a bit mind blowing, to be honest. And there was a point point during the set where I kind of I try not to look at the crowd so much because I get quite nervous, but I kind of had a glance and I could see the milk banana guitarist watching us by the sound desk. So that was pretty cool. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my my week in tow. Um, before we get we get onto the show itself, obviously today's a, a special day for another reason because uh, all around the UK, um, people are heading to the polls to to vote in the general election. Um, now I'm not here to kind of push my political views on on people. That's not what this podcast is about whatsoever. But I do believe in people exercising their right to vote. Um, so if you're registered to vote, please go out and, and and cast a vote. Whether you want to vote for whoever, it doesn't matter. It doesn't bother me. But I just think we've got this privilege to to decide who runs our country, who represents us, and with the political climate as it is at the moment i think there's no time like the present if it even if it's the first time you ever vote i think this is kind of a, a really important time to to do so um but yeah enough of me kind of rambling on about my week about politics because nobody wants to hear that everybody wants to hear who the guest on this week's show is well second part of this week's uh show so um This special episode uh, with human future is brought to you in association with alreadyheard.com. Already Heard is an alternative music website which uh, brings you the latest news, reviews and features uh, from punk, pop-punk, metal to anything you can think of in the alternative music scene Um, from awesome writers such as myself. Just throwing it out there. Um, You can check out all the work including mine. Over at AlreadyHeard.com and they're on all the various different social media platforms. Um, As mentioned then, uh, our guest this week is Human Future and I was joined by Stephen Trupak of the band. Sorry Stephen if I've pronounced your surname wrong, I hope I haven't, but uh, yeah, of the band Human Future. Um, The reason we're doing this show kind of on this specific date is because today is also the release of the band's new EP, uh, Flat Earth Blues which uh, obviously Stephen talks about in the little chat he talks about how the EP is probably the most collaborative work that they've done as a band um, and how obviously the, the record is out on Truth Seeker Music which Stephen as well as Alex and Philip who are also in the band are all part of um, so he kind of mentions them being the new world order which if you kind of look at things makes a little bit of sense but yeah please sit back enjoy the chat that I have with Stephen and I will see you on the other side hey. So, on this week's Just an Insight podcast, I am joined by... A self-proclaimed screamy man, synth boy, and third guitarist of Human Future, uh, Stephen Treepack. How are you doing, Stephen?
1: <laughs> I'm not too bad. Thank you very much for inviting me.
0: No, no, no. This, thanks for for joining me. Um, basically, what we like to do with with the Justin Insight podcast is kind of tear things straight back to to how the band began um, and kind of develop from there. Obviously, it's called Justin Insight. So, if you can give us a an insight into the the history of human human future.
1: Well, I'll give you an interesting, uh, detailed story of the past of the human future. <laughs> Simply put, oh, oh, I'm terrible at like remembering the details of the band so well because I it's frankly we've been about for a bit and we are a lethargic bunch. Um, we started about probably oh, it's probably like six or seven years ago now. It's probably I'm probably wrong on those dates. It was after we went to see a Touche Amore gig in Brighton. And um, I was with uh, the fellow guy who founded it, Alex Leet, who is also of True Seeker Music. And um, we just attended the gig. And the guy who we went with was just like, yeah, you know what? We should start a band. They're well good. <laughs> and I remember feeling like I I'd only met Alex a few times. So it was a case of a little nervous. But I was just like, uh, yeah, like uh, I can see the parallels between the music I was from and the sort of things I wanted to do and bands like Touche Amore I think Throats were playing as well so that was another thing where I was like oh this is intense I Yeah, like the live thing of hardcore so that's where I got into hardcore and it blossomed from there we originally uh, <laughs> the, the working title for the band before the demo came out was uh, Diagnosis Murder, <laughs> Murder. <laughs> and, uh, that was... I wasn't too keen on that <laughs> yeah that was uh, Alex and uh, Rob who was the original bassist and the mate who um, essentially brought us together, originally. Um, he suggested that. And um, I'm that little bit too pretentious to kind of, like, I'd be comfortable sitting on a joke band name. Yeah, so like, yeah. No, 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 no. And that's where I kind of took the role as, I guess, the band leader for the, the time. <laughs> okay. like it, it was essentially a case of, I knew... I was already in other bands and I was trying to do projects and they just went nowhere. And I guess it was arguably a little bit of ego of like, oh, I can do this, I know I can do a band, I know I can do a band, I know I can write music, I've written countless albums, that half of them are shy, but like, just on power tab, just writing music, writing music, just kind of, as an Asperger's team, just kind of just spending many years reclusively working on music, um, I knew I could do it so, formed the band with Alex, we created the demo together. And uh, when we recorded the demo, that's when the band actually started coming together. Um, It was originally started as a bedroom project, really. Like we realized that it was unlikely to ever get particularly popular. And it's just because we were into like niche music and we uh, realized that what we were going to kind of come out with, we, we weren't interested in I guess paying for promotion and stuff like that so it was also another thing as uh, again i've already stated asperger's youth and alex wasn't keen on doing live shows so we were just expecting it to remain in the bedroom really and just kind of do what we do da, 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 da. and there was a certain point when when we'd written the demo i started writing the debut album spectrum and um at a certain point in that process alex was just like you do realize this is actually like we I really like this like this is i reckon this has got potential to go somewhere why don't we actually like form a band is at that point i essentially remembered that philip our lead guitarist he was a guy who i'd recorded at west kent college when i did a music production course and he was on the performance course and there's a kind of there's a point where we crossed over where the performance course would form bands they would then like record either their original material or cover songs, um, that the production course could then like use to learn how to work in a studio and all that business. That's where I met Phil. I was just immediately blown away by him. He was in a band called Ghost in Mirrors. they were kind of like a tool-ish band um, with elements of Portishead, um, Partos. I think there's, there's some Scandinavian sort of prog band, and uh, like with a um, four piece band theme, like a female singer like so she was also playing synth and doing kind of percussive things it was just a, like a really interesting thing to see in the studio play out when there's, whereas like other bands were just doing straight up cover songs they were doing their own inspired material so I remembered back to him and I was just like oh I really want to get him involved because I remember talking to him about a bit about metal a bit about the band Akakaka at the time he seemed to like them now he hates them <laughs> basically that's one thing you'll learn with me if you ever pay attention I like Akakaka Do you know who Akakoka are?
0: Yeah, yeah, they're not a band band to to like, to be honest.
1: Are they, Regé, Hail Satan? Yes, come on. (laughs) Yeah, no, uh, I guess it's part of the Catholic upbringing. Um, (laughs) i was a little interested in (laughs) Akakoka But yes, um, so I I just remembered about Phil, and I was just like, oh, we need to get on to Phil. And this, oh, okay, I haven't even mentioned. There have been like... Three or four bassists in the band. Now, originally, it was Rob who left to go to uni and focus on like real life stuff. Um, we then had my friend called Ricky Simmons, who was the bassist on the demo, who essentially was just like, he was in the band that I was in before. And I was just like, I know I can do this. I know I can do a band. And then he kind of realised like, oh, wait, hang on. Steve's actually doing something. And he's like, can I play bass? <laughs> <laughs> At that point, yeah, he was the bassist. After that, he left because he decided, yeah, I've got to go back to uni, uh, college and do all these things. Uh, so we were, intrad- well, I already knew the bassist because I met him at the same time I met Phil. Luke Booth was in the band Ghosts and Mirrors with Phil. And it kind of just naturally came about that I figured he wouldn't be interested in the music at first. I just assumed he might, I, I was aware he was a bit more, He's was- he's a bit of a serious guy, like, uh, I, I, like, for a long time wondered if he actually even liked me at all, and it's quite possible that he didn't like me for a long period. But, um, yeah, like, I just didn't think he would appreciate it. Turns out he did, and, um, just naturally came about a process of him joining the band as the third bassist, and now he's buggered off to Canada. I went into bits, but that was really <laughs> that was a sad time. Oh well. But I haven't even mentioned the vocalist, Will, our vocalist he came about in the demo period but he was actually the originally like the second guitarist (laughs) so he realized yeah he was second guitarist until uh he realized he wasn't actually good enough (laughs) he was just like do you mind if i try out for vocals instead i was just like i've already got i i was, was auditioning someone and i turned them down because i really liked will so yeah it was a case of will was pushed to the forefront at vocals, well, I think oh, this. Yeah. Oh, sorry, go on. Go go on, on. Go. I was just gonna say, go, go. I,
0: I kind of got in a, a similar situation in the band that I'm in. So they've been a band for, for a very long time. Uh, their original vocalist left because he had a kid, and then they got a new vocalist and he had to leave because he got deported back to Australia. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, long story, but um, so then oh, I. Like, literally, they had a show booked, ironically, in Brighton, um, didn't have a vocalist. They were going to try and split it between their guitar, one of their guitarists and their bassist. But they realised, because of the riffs they were writing, they couldn't concentrate on doing the <laughs> riffs and the vocals.
1: It's so hard playing guitar and vocals.
0: So I was sort of like, well, I've done it sporadically, I can give it a go. And, Good boy. and it's just kind of stuck and yeah but I, I i can totally relate to that being pushed to the forefront sort <laughs> of
1: he pushed himself to the forefront in a way but like, like, <laughs> yeah. it worked out i remember i had to, like the room i'm currently in this is this is where the magic happens um i'm currently like you can see me and i'm recording onto the computer i demo human feature stuff with okay and um that's the boy i recorded the guitars with for the the new release but um will was in this room shouting his bloody head off like to like to the demo we recorded the demo he's like will was just like can i like try recording to the demo sort of thing it's like yeah, yeah go on i had to leave because i could it was so strange seeing a guy he's 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 not like a complete wimp i don't want to make out that but he's a timid guy and um when you just hear him like going, Raaah! it's just I, it was incredible I was incredulous. It was like, oh my god, what's he doing? And I was just bursting. It, it was I sounded like Ricky Gervais on these podcasts where I'm like, ha, and um, yeah. Um, I had to go upstairs and uh, excuse myself. I guess. <laughs>
0: Brilliant. Well, I, you've kind of touched upon it a, a little bit, but obviously, the the music that you guys kind of write and release and everything is obviously it's changed and and gone with different sort of influences. And I think from my perspective, listening to you guys, there's loads of different influences kind of in there. And obviously, I think you mentioning kind of it started all at a Touche & More show, that influence is clearly there, but there's obviously other things as well. So kind of, is it a case of everyone brings their, their own influences into it and then that becomes human future? Or has everyone, is there like a common thread?
1: the common thread originally was myself and Alex, I guess, cause we were the original two. And uh, for the demo, I wrote most of the music and most of the lyrics and Alex then kind of added in bits and I would structure his ideas around mine or just develop. Or like in case of some of the lyrics, like there would be grammatical errors, and I, I'm just, I'm a pedant. So <laughs> yeah, that that or, okay, That is actually that. Boom. There we go. And, um, yeah for the demo that was a process for the album it's essentially i like our that human future is a band about we focus on specific themes on each release and sometimes it's a bit like the demo is a bit more vague but originally it was called first world issues first world problems and it's essentially just looking at our lives and the country around us and just our experiences and just picking a few things that just resonated with us i guess um anachronism is very much that's it's a bit, we've got a weird chronology. The demo was written, and Spectrum was started writing before it was finished. And the demo was relatively collaborative. The album, I wrote it before the band was formed essentially. <laughs> Brilliant. It was. A, it's, a, it's essentially a concept album about me realizing as an adult. Oh, I think I might be autistic, and it, like a lot of things, kind of gather up, and if you follow the album, like the tracks, it's essentially somewhat of a, again, not, not too, it's not a storyline arc as such, but it's just select moments that I wrote about in that experience, and the final song itself is meant to be representative of the process of writing an album. It's a bit of a meta track, I guess. Like, again, here's the pretentious part coming out, but it's essentially about the process of writing that album, and you can hear it in a way that like, there's a part in the song where it literally is, it comes right down and it's like the, the, uh, the myth of Sisyphus. Again, here we go, getting pretentious. It is literally ascending the peak. You're climbing up the mountain, pushing a boulder up the hill. It reaches the top, which is like the, the end of the guitars and the trumpets and stuff like that. And then you come back rolling down with the, the, the dissonant synths literally going into, they're just clipping like mad. It's meant to be symbolic of something. And yeah, that's just how I did that album. What we did, though, was we released Anachronism, the EP before that, which was written after Spectrum. Head <laughs> Anachronism was essentially a point to... Because Luke and Phil had been introduced into the band and I was just like, right, I've got an album, essentially. And they were a bit... I didn't realise it quite at first because I tried to explain as clearly as possible what my intent was, and they were wanting to be, be, it to be more collaborative. So there's a period where I didn't quite realise, but yeah, they were a bit like, "Well, what we? Uh, I want to, I want to write some bits." Cool. Yeah, so, yeah. No, I can, I can get that. Of course, yeah. Again, I, I'm, I've, fortunately, grown as a person a little bit. <laughs> like I realised I was being very insular, and I was, I was not able to see it beyond the art and they're my friends i want them to be involved so it did become a lot more collaborative especially in the recording of the the thing like things naturally change over time because it was written onto power tab and it just each musician will interpret a tab in their own way like (laughs) the amount of times where like i've written it say you can write a song and it's a very definite thing on the tab and then you hear your like about five different mates trying to attempt playing that and they all play it in their own different way so it's th- kind of that natural progression of how they interpret what I've written and their own ideas. Like, I didn't write any solos. All the solos are Phil's. Like, the bass solo that Luke does on one of the tracks, that's his. And I got my friend AJ from Necro Deathmore to. <laughs> I'm referring right now, you can't see. Uh, yeah, like um, he collaborated on the track Misery Drone. He created the synth parts, which are like uh, throughout the track, which are essentially uh, just drones, Funny enough, Misery Drone. Hey. <laughs> but yes, and was written after Spectrum came out before, so that it was a case of we could all collaborate and actually write something uh, together, rather than it just being a case of you do what I say sort of thing. And this new release that we are going to be talking about a bit now, I guess, is uh, a Flat, Flat Earth Blues, and that has been our most collaborative piece by far.
0: Well, that's a, was very that's what I was that was what I was going to ask because obviously you said obviously the. The collaboration and stuff so obviously with the with the new ep it, i think again that kind of touches upon like the from my my listening to it the the different influences that kind of you guys may have that each track kind of has a different feel to it and i don't know whether it's the because as you mentioned with spectrum obviously that was quite kind of uh not necessarily specific to yourself but you obviously had a lot of involvement with it but was it for, for you personally Was it a case of kind of letting go and letting the others in?
1: Uh, To an extent, yeah, I had to. um, Because I potentially could have lost them as friends. I don't know whether it was that serious, but there's a certain element in me where it's a lack of theory of mind. So I'm not aware that, just because I understand something sometimes, that other people don't see it the way that I do. So I'm aware that there's this may not be the reality, but there's a potential of like the band would just fall apart. They wouldn't want to be my friends because they... um, as a point of just like oh hang on like maybe i am being too controlling or whatever and so this just naturally came about from the process of developing as a band just become like becoming closer as individuals like i'm sure you're aware being in a band is essentially being in a family in a relationship it's like being in a relationship with about for human future five different <laughs> Yeah, polyamory and um it's you People say often, you know, no compromise. And I think the the compromise can't, it just has to be within the, as a unit as such, and what the original intent was. I always want to try and maintain the original intent of human future, but I want to do it collaboratively now. I want to get everyone involved in it. And that's essentially where Flat Earth Blues came about. Um, uh, Will, the vocalist, he was more involved in writing lyrics. um, And one of the songs is actually, rather personal to him um, all the guitarists were just far more involved like I I originally wrote the bass lines for Spectrum and this time I didn't write any parts for Luke it's, I just, it was again he's a competent musician it's not <laughs> yeah. like I didn't trust him or anything before it was literally it was written and I was just like can you play this sort of thing and what I like about it is just I view Human Future as an experimental band a lot and it was the most experimental process we've had thus far.
0: And you've kind of t- touched upon it there, obviously, Will having a bit more involvement in, in the lyrics and things. And kind of going back on the spectrum again, there was kind of almost a, a running theme. So w- was it a case with with the new EP that you kind of went into it thinking that to kind of continue that, that ideology of a theme in, within a record, or is it a case of this is the next step for human future, this is the next direction we're going to go in for future recordings and so on and so forth.
1: Um, I guess there was still a level of controlling in that I was just like, right, I, I want to maintain, like as far as I'm concerned, it's not human future if we're not doing the thematic thing. As far as I was concerned, if, like, if you, we're going to not stick to the original intent in terms of thematic things based around the fu- future of humanity and just... All sorts of things surrounding what that could entail, like what the future of humanity means to you, what the human future is. Yeah, yeah. Take it however you want, and just push that further collaboratively. If if nobody wanted to do that, as far as I'm concerned, it might as well not. We might as well stop as human future. And even like, even if it was just the same people, just start a new band. (laughs) Be the theme. That's where I think the there should be no compromise. If you've got a, like an original vision, it doesn't matter. Like it doesn't have to be only you that um, seeks the answers. To put it in a bit of a tossy way, like you can do it as mates. You can do it together. If you don't see eye to eye though, it's it can be difficult to do that. And I guess that's the process in any band. And as I as I've said already, like in a way, it just comes down to a thing of like, right? Why don't we just do a new band then? Like if you don't want to do that, why don't we just do a new band? Is uh, that's not a conversation we've had, but you know, you get you get what I mean.
0: But and obviously, for for you guys, obviously from coming from doing Spectrum and now this new EP, and I think you're one of the bands that I unfortunately I haven't had the the chance to actually see live yet. But you're one of the bands that I always see your name kind of floating around the UK scene. And really? yeah, <laughs> I think it's just because. <laughs> I think it's just because right. we're kind of we we're, we're running the same circles sort of thing. Right. Um so do you think well do you hope that cuz as a, again from a listener of looking in I feel that Flat Earth Blues is kind of a progression for you guys. Do you so do you do you kind of hope that this is going to be kind of a push up onto the next step of the ladder in? All-
1: do you do you mean like as in like further exposure? Yeah, yeah i would love to have further exposure i think any artist who says they who is making something and putting it down like in some sort of um concrete form so to say music like a definite form which is like you can maybe able to interpret it differently but it literally is those sound waves, that paint stroke that sketch or whatever it is like those words you put together um, anyone who says they don't want to be seen is I think maybe not being honest with themselves or openly like just plain deceitful. I would love people to hear my music. because um, again, like, I'm essentially still the little kid inside. I want to I wanna like emulate my heroes in a way. I wanna do all those things. I wanna do that. And I also like part of me when I was growing up a bit, like kind of wanted to be the David Lynch of the music world writing all these like, <laughs> things. <laughs> Lynch, That's all, incredible. Like, like, head fuck albums and I still want to be Over. I still want to be enslaved, I still want to be Aka I still want to be Pink Floyd, I still want to be or you know, yeah, again, if, there's still that excitement in me about music, and I, I hear new things, I just I want to be that, I want to do that, and how could I, how could that kind of influence be assimilated into my understanding of music thus far? So as far as I can see it, in terms of exposure, I would love to be heard more, And Getting up to the, you said that the uh, EP is a, um, a progression for us, Flat Earth Blues. I personally, I would love it if we did something entirely different. I, I well, part of me would love to just do an electronic EP, but I, I'm. Well, <laughs> <anyway. laughs> that would <laughs> no, be incredible. Like, like, no, no, that's such a cliche. Yeah, again. like... I think it should be sincere from the person. Like, if you're not enjoying what you're doing, it's a bit rubbish, really. Like, if you're writing for someone else, it becomes a job. This is a hobby. This is a passion, and so on. And like, it's a very fortunate thing that I feel that I, I'm. I don't think there's anyone insincere that I've met. Or at least, again, maybe it's a bit of a lack of judgment. Um, but I, I'm so glad I, by being in Spain, I've met so many just incredible people. It's mind blown, It really humbles you. To remember, like, I was excited to be like, hang out with bands and stuff like that. And you meet some people who are just like, wow, like, uh, straight away, I'm going to name drop Sammy Irwin. Oh, he, like, that guy German.
0: is in. He's in too many bands for my liking.
1: I can't help but see him and like think I'm like, I'm seeing like a future legend almost. Like, not maybe like a Lemmy, but that guy has serious. Don't problems. say
0: that. You'll inflate his ego. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, no. Oh, God. I don't want to be the. Uh, oh. I don't want to be the catalyst for Sammy losing it. In case
0: Sammy listens to this, I love you, Sammy, but...
1: I love Sammy. (laughs) (laughs) I love him more. (laughs) No, but yeah, um, yeah. so you're aware of Sammy. Right, Employ to Serve, Regurgitate Life. That I'm part of Truth Seeker Music, if you're not aware. Um, We released Sammy's uh, death metal side project, and Regurgitate Life's uh, second album is it's amazing I think it's the best thing he's involved with frankly and um, Renounce isn't quite up my street like it's a bit too kind of just mosh hardcore in a way like it's not terrible I don't want to make out it's terrible but it's just not to my taste as such and just his other involvements just all the things he does like he's got some doom band that's apparently in the works and I just cannot wait to hear that Uh, Joe Clayton as well no studios um and pine old skin esoteric youth he's another guy who i've met and i'm just like fascinated by him just his ability and we were lucky enough to play with them when we were lucky enough to support mayor um in london and watching them it's if you can go see pine go see pine
0: well again they're they're a band that because weirdly enough i i i know joe a little bit because um when I used to, to put on shows, I put on Esoteric Youth, so i I know Joe through that Boy. way. Um, but you kind of touched on it up there. Obviously, you've played with like bands like Pine and sort of uh, as I mentioned, like within the UK scene, you're one of those bands that I kind of seen dotted about here and there. But I don't I don't mean this to come across in the wrong way, but i mean it as a compliment you're not kind of pigeonholed so it's hard for you to kind of like i kind of say this with my band it's kind of hard for you to to fit in a certain lineup when when you play live but do you kind of see that as a as a good thing that you are different to the other bands on the bill or do you see it as a challenge that you have to win over a new crowd
1: i I don't think of it those times no okay oh, it, yeah no it's, it's, it's just, it's,
0: it is what it is no oh, that's fair enough I, 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 I just think prime example is we played um like an aldea in uh in brighton recently and we were by far the because the the type of music we play is kind of uh like locust sort of daughters-esque sort of t- type stuff Shake. um but we were playing with kind of like either like moshy bands or like grindcore bands so there's awesome coming with our like widdly guitars and stuff it's just
1: <laughs> please tell me you're wearing costumes
0: no 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 no, no.
1: <laughs>
0: but yeah so like for for me like obviously as as the vocalist i always kind of i don't know when i'm in a room where i know that people aren't there to see us i feel like i need to up my game just but i don't know do you do you see it differently
1: this is again game where I just, I, I am aware I likely come off sounding tossy. If you see me, I've probably got my eyes closed. And I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. like lost in it and stuff like that. It, it is one of the most cathartic experiences. It's one of the most enjoyable experiences playing music. You've written, well, I guess like cover bands, even like probably get a very similar experience of just playing live, playing loud music live in front of people. People observing you. I guess there's a, An element in everyone where they kind of want someone to just be paying attention to what they've done and I get lost in it a bit I like feeling hypnotized almost and you'll find a lot uh, just a lot of the things that kind of drive me to me to create not necessarily the rest of the band is just kind of like minimalist sort of things where it's a motif that just develops and just, it's, it's hypnotic, it's hypnotic. You can hear it in songs like Misery Drone with the verse. You can hear it in Cycle. You can hear it in um, the, the last song on current uh, EP. And yeah, I I hate, like, again, this is the, the cliche sort of terms now. It's like meditative. It's a ritual. It's not really a ritual, but like if you understand what I mean, it just kind of, it's, probably the closest feeling i get to being spiritual because um i'm not a religious person i don't believe in supernatural stuff and such so that is the thing where i kind of i guess i feel most alive i feel most like this is something i love doing again like i fight i love composing i love writing i get lost in it. i get hypnotized by it I don't know whether there's something in your life that you kind of can just get lost in. And I love that feeling. It's almost like Lovecraftian. You're just like getting lost in the madness.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I can appreciate that. Um... obviously talked to you about is you've mentioned it again earlier Is obviously your involvement with uh truth seeker music and obviously alex is the other kind of part of that he's as well
1: boy, he's boy number one <laughs> um
0: again i don't want this to kind of come across in the wrong way but do you feel like you could kind of, obviously with both of you being in the band
1: also let me clarify phil the lead guitarist, is also in truth seeker music as well oh okay there we go yeah no again like i, I, I just mentioned that because um yeah, like I'm quick to mention myself and Alex and then I I have left him out in the past and I felt bad about it. So Phil's in Phil's in secret. <laughs>
0: but then, that, that kind of brings me to my point. There's three of you in the band and obviously your your music is on your label. So you, it's almost a kind of double-headed coin in the fact that it's easy that you've got your label that you can put your music out on. But does that kind of hinder you that people think oh well you're just putting your own music out sort of thing or right. d- or are they two completely separate things
1: right look at it this way you know that illuminati yeah the new world order <gasps> With the new guys in town <laughs> we're the truth seekers literally like um truth seeker the name came about in part because alex and i were originally it was just alex and i um uh, who were talking about it, and then Phil at a later point, like Alex, I think just essentially was like, oh yeah, like, I'll just see Like Phil's really into like the idea of being in a record label, so like, why don't we ask him? And I was like, yeah I love Phil, why not? And um, We were just kind of throwing names about What like, one of the first names that we were like, oh that's the one Redshift Records or something like that and then it turns out there was already a Redshift Records. We knew like, Human Future, the name comes from Pale Blue Dot the, the full title, Pale Blue Dot a vision of the human future in space. Um, and so we're into sci-fi stuff. I'm obsessed with conspiracy theories. I don't believe them. Don't worry. It's just the most intense sci-fi. So it's like David Icke, Alex Jones. It's comedic, terrifying, that they have an influence. And um, yeah, just it satisfies so many things in me. Um, Truth Seeker literally came about because I was just like, what sounds... I was thinking to myself, and I think I even said out loud to Alex, like, what sounds like it could be David Icke what sounds like it could be like a David Icke thing and I was like truth like, and it was also it's again like what is the intent behind the label and again it's a tossy way to summarise the label we want to seek the truth well, I, we want to find good music and we want to put out good music the things that we truly sincerely believe in and yeah when we search the name oh, I like to see oh, it's truth seeker records or truth seeker music taken one of like the first things to come up David Icke so it's like we're sold
0: (laughs) but so obviously with the if we talk about the label a little bit because obviously I know there's the the association with with holy royal but I again probably people in the UK as well do view you guys as a separate label because you are and you have your own identity obviously human future being on that label is a prime example it's not your kind of generic quote-unquote uk diy hardcore label like obviously you've got yourselves you've got howls you've got regurgitate life who are three completely different bands
1: and i love it
0: <laughs> so is that kind of the the idea is as you kind of mentioned that you just w- want to put out music that you believe in rather than creating a label that has an identity with a genre
1: no 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 no, no, no. we're the new illuminati with the new world or that that's it that's the truth i, I love that because Potentially, someone's going to listen to this now and actually believe that. Um, you know, it's a it's a conscious decision. I knew uh, this is the beautiful thing is, um, I knew when we started um, true Seeker, I wanted to release Howes and another. Well, actually, we've announced it now, so I was about to say, can't say who it is. Yards. Um, I knew I wanted to try and release those guys because they're incredible. Like, why wouldn't you want to? I wanted to release Pine as well, but funnily enough. He got a slightly better offer. <laughs> well, they, sorry, not he. Um, uh, Sonance, the s- second release from the label. Again, another band where I was just like, oh, "Holy shit, I love this band! Can we like, like old? Ch-? I was te- like talking to Alex, like, oh yeah, now I'm talking to Sonance on Twitter, and just like, I'm, I they kind of we've now started a back and forth of like, hey, who's releasing your album? Because no one's actually put it out, and so. Uh, How about we release it, maybe sort of thing? Um, It's just I can't even remember what you were saying. (laughs) Yeah, no. Simply put, yeah, it's it's great to have the label because again, like we've got an output to put our music out, and we have no one to answer to but ourselves. It was kind of, I guess, the reality is like rather than feeling like left out in lineups on gigs and stuff like we've felt like we'd been left out on labels in maybe that's the wrong way to put it but like no
0: i I get what you mean it's hard to find a label
1: yeah and like palm reader records like lee really liked us and it was was really flattering that he actually sincerely enjoyed us and so on um holy raw records uh when we had the split put out i for all i know alex fitzpatrick couldn't stand us i I assume he liked it enough to put it out but i have no idea whether he likes the band nor does it really matter necessarily. So again, like we don't, uh, Mosh Tash help our our records and like we uh, sent it off to other labels and never got replies or just no interest or whatever. So there's a very limited uh, level of interest in releasing us. So why not do it ourselves? Why not just do what we could do? And so, yeah, again, sorry, I'll expand upon that for the rest of the label. Yeah, it's great to have something that we can do and then we can only answer to ourselves, and then we can also, maybe not. I get Alex actually is very much into the community side of things. I'm, I'm just pretty much just like I want to put out art that I sincerely believe in, and Alex is essentially, I guess, fostering a community in a way, like a new scene as such, where there's not necessarily such genre limitations. I guess so far all we've released is like collectively heavy
0: it's all variants of heavy so if I give you kind of like a hypothetical because as you say, there's the three of you kind of involved in it so um, I can't think of a specific band but say for instance um, I don't know Alex came to you with a band and was like oh, I really want to put out these guys you weren't too sure but Phil was like yeah so it's like a two on one kind of situation would that band get, get the nod or would it ha- does it have to be a uh, a consensus on the release.
1: Yeah, pretty much a consensus on the release. It's uh, there's there's also like sometimes the reality of running a label is you sometimes get like n- f- bugger all offers, <laughs> and then like buses they all come at once, and you're just like I can't fucking afford to release Yeah, orders. yeah. Like there's all so good, but like just timing, um, the situation around the record. In terms of how ready it is, or who else is involved, it can affect the decision. Because like sometimes, if it's like um, uh, multiple labels already involved in a thing, it's just like okay, like that's a way that can influence things. In terms of like maybe like we should focus on something where we can actually then just um, if they've already got someone interested and so on, let's focus on another. That's kind of like a thing that directs us. Okay, maybe we should focus on the thing that isn't. Um, already receiving attention or whatever obviously we're going to try and choose the things that we are most into and whatever but it's there's just variations and I would say Alex is numero uno guy but he's he likes trying to be run things somewhat democratically I guess it's not we not like voting as such but yeah we hear each other out and um, he's the one doing the majority of the work so it's no, we've got to give him some respect I guess
0: yeah and kind of going back to Human Future, obviously, correct me if I'm wrong, but there's a few of you that are kind of like in other, do other projects in other bands. Is that correct? Yeah. So how do you kind of work around sort of the different projects to come back to, to Human Future? Is it a case of just time and, and place or does does Human Future kind of take a time priority at a certain aspect in time, Does that if that makes sense?
1: I guess it's still, uh, there's a core of the band where, again, pretty much true Seeker Music, myself, Alex and Phil, we live relatively close together. So it's easiest, pardon me, it's easiest for us to uh, yeah meet up and discuss things and so on. So like that would have often been the process where we work together a lot and then say when it's time to actually we're going to go on a tour. We'll then meet up and practice together. Say if we're working on song ideas where it's actually... Up, often we'll you know, have some jams and work out basic ideas and then it would come back into this lovely little den and <laughs> yeah. it will be demoed on my Mac and the songs will be crafted on there and with Flat Earth Blues. It was a bit more collaborative in that rather than just me focusing on uh structuring the songs there was also alex and phil coming in luke would come in will would be helping writing lyrics that that to do and our current lineup kurt kurt phillips is drummer in multiple things he was in pariso he, he was in artemis which are no longer where well, they are defunct but they I'm not saying too much, but they're probably coming back. <laughs> <laughs> the Phoenix is rising from the flame, um, and he—he's a—he's a teacher. He is a session drummer as well, so he's got—it's essentially his life. So we have to work things around him to a large extent, and it's the unfortunate realities of being in a band, in a way. Like we're a six-piece; that's six people to keep together. It's six people to. Keep organized and synchronize. So it doesn't always work out. Like in terms of by work out, it means we meet up sporadically and intermittently. So like it's not something where we're like doing it week in week out. And I kind of value that to an extent. It allows you to ponder things, allows you to consider things rather than. I guess that's one thing. We're not an immediate band. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no, that's I, think fair that's, I think that's fair enough.
0: Yeah, um, you mentioned obviously being a six piece, and something I wanted to, to talk to you about because I think, especially within the the UK scene, quote unquote, it's quite a kind of unique thing in a way, especially within the kind of the heavier scene. Because I think nowadays, standardly, you're a four piece guitar, bass, drum, vocals every so often you'll get a three-piece. More and more, we're even seeing two-pieces. I See, I think we're, like my band's weird being a five-piece, so you guys being six is even sort of a stretch further. So, obviously, you've mentioned kind of previously a lot of the writing was done by yourself and so on and so forth, but how, does, how do all the elements kind of come together? Like, is it a case of just sort of working it through, or is it a case of, I don't know... You bring a riff, then someone else brings it on top, and it just layers naturally.
1: Well, the writing process for Flat Earth Blues is as simple as this: the intro and outro I composed, because again, I knew what I was trying to represent in those things. The first actual song, like with vocals and like you know an actual, I guess, yeah, a thing that fits the definition of song. Um, that's. Essentially, Phil's idea, like the the majority of the song, like the skeleton, I mean, um, is stuff that Phil was like, yeah, 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 I'm gonna, and like there was just interaction between the band. Like, I remember there was one bit in it, I was like, change that because that sounds <laughs> it's, it's, like it's literally taking it in the wrong direction. Like, it it, uh, it does, it didn't resolve itself. It was like it to a chord and then coming back to one. he' like, oh, that sounds horrible. Like, no, 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 no. So like, everyone had their interaction like that. And that was largely a case of like, we just figured out each of our our parts. And the solo sections, that was something that was worked out when we were recording, like how long should it go on for? It was essentially Phil spent like a couple of, like, a, a, like an hour or two over a couple of days um, improvising solos, just kind of na- getting a natural feel for where it should go and then like, we got we took i guess the best take um the second song was an idea that i started and then phil was like i've got a better riff i was like go for it he had the better riff so we used that and um that's a song where phil and i kind of like i wrote a song phil added his parts and then i created a certain structure we jammed it out as a band and then realized oh it needs to be contracted and rest was essentially added in the studio um the last song that is from a jam we we record jams on the phone like iphones every now and then and it was just something where alex usually records it on his phone and then sends it over to me because i'm the one who's going to be obsessive enough to listen to them enough time to be like okay this is the audio i like this i like this i like this and like track it out i guess And I I just found some ideas from a jam we randomly had where Phil just messed around with his effects pedals, created a reverse loop, and she's like, that sounds like Death Spell Omega. Hell yeah, I'm not for that. And um, yeah, I I structured a song around his basic ideas, developed it slightly, and then boom, jam. It was a bit of a hard one to jam out because there's polyrhythms, there's just, so many layers going on that it's not one you can really perform like competently Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's pretty much a studio song that's
0: cool And um, also the other thing I wanted to talk to you about was obviously kind of like going back to being part of like the UK scene and sort of touring and stuff and obviously you've toured around Europe, toured like the UK and stuff and obviously with Flat Earth Blues coming out is there plans to kind of Quote unquote promote the the EP with tours and things, or is it just a case of when when you guys have all got time together to to hit the road?
1: It's yeah, yes to both. Yeah, there is plans. We would love to. Like again, it's one of the best feelings you can get. It's like there's a reason lots of people want to be in bands because it is sincerely great fun, and yeah. We are going to be doing a brief stint, like a weekender with Pine. Uh, That's coming up very soon, actually, like the end of June into July. Um, That's going to be up north. So, like, uh, I believe we're playing Glasgow, Edinburgh. And I think it's just uh, a place has been announced. It hasn't been announced, so I won't say. But, like, we've apparently got another show. Um, Beyond that, it's it's, it's what can we manage? Because unfortunately, on our current basis now, um, Sam Ricketts is in Earth Moves, and yeah, like yeah, he's a he's a lovely boy, and um, incredible musician as well. And again, another guy who's just like wow that I get to I've I'm, I, can conf- I can call him friend. Yeah, yeah. It's just like insane. It's wicked because he's he's he knows his stuff musically. He's classically trained, <laughs> so like he's he's rather competent. <laughs> <laughs> um... And obviously he's got... Again, I, I was aware of bands he was in before I even met him and even got to play with him and become his friend. So it's it's, it's almost like he, he wasn't a hero of mine. But like it's just like, oh, God, like this guy's in a really good band. Oh, my God, he likes us too. <laughs> but yes, he's obviously got his commitments. Uh, Kurt's got his commitments. So Will, the vocalist, he works for Aston Martin, I do believe. So he's jet-setting up. Yeah, like... Uh, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Look, I don't give a shit about cars, so like it's not that impressive for me. But like ov- obviously it's impressive. So I don't want to like belittle him. Um, it's, I-, I just don't give a shit about cars. So like some people are just like, shit, that's a cushy job. I'm like, I guess it is. <laughs> so yeah, again, working things around that. We're just going to have to try what we can. If we can get into Europe again, holy shit, I want to go. Because that was a- an incredible experience was going to Europe?
0: No, that's a, we were going, we we tried Mate, to do it this year.
1: Try even harder. <laughs>
0: it's well, it just everything cuz we were meant to go over with like some friends, but it just yeah. didn't plan out, but I I ended up going over um at the beginning of the year cuz I literally I had time off from work and uh, I'm really good friends with um, Svalbard. So
1: wicked people, wicked band.
0: Yeah, so they were really kind enough to just kind of I literally just messaged Liam. I was like, can I jump in your van? And he was like, yeah, why not? <laughs> so I got a free holiday out of it. So, but, yeah! <laughs> so yeah, that was that was really cool.
1: Actually, I think our first Weekender was with Svalbard. Like, Svalbard and We Never Learned to Live, I think. So, oh, really? Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Like, oh, that was, it was incredible, because, again, that was a point where... Like, the origin of human... Uh, I'm, I come from, like, black metal, metal generally, avant-garde, avant-garde. Uh, so, oh, I can't say that word properly at all. It doesn't matter. Um, I come from just a weird music. I don't come from punk as such. So like, I just I was just brought up with weird music. I'm half Polish. I went to like weird gypsy sort of um, what Polish gypsy uh, restaurants where they'd have all this weird fiddle music. So I was introduced to weird stuff like from the get go almost. And um, yeah, I guess that just coloured my taste in music. And I when I was We were touring with Salvard. Just talking to them, I realised that uh, Serena was into a lot of black metal. That I really like. Yeah, yeah. Oh, sick! Someone else like someone actually likes black metal. Yeah, woo! And she knew Silencer. I tried to like uh, tell her about Weakling. I don't know whether she was particularly interested in me, like chatting at her. But um, yeah, I was like, oh, it was just lovely to. In that instant, realise, oh shit, yeah, like this. This is a diverse scene, and not, not everyone is necessarily just into hardcore. They've got they've got their own influences, and um, some people will have similar influences to me. Yeah,
0: well, I think you've kind of hit the nail. On it. Like, if again, if like my band, like even What's though I'm screaming whatever, I listen to emo music all the time. Like, sorority noise and brand new and stuff are like two of my favourite bands.
1: This is the thing. I I do not understand what is emo anymore. I I. We get called emo, and I was like, "No, we're not." But I'm like thinking of like, I guess Parkway Drive or whatever. And, uh, apparently, that's not necessarily emo. I right? like, <laughs> yeah. don't really care anymore. I guess it is emotional music what we do, but oh well.
0: But yeah, I think as you say, like, there's that's the good thing about the UK scene. Well, parts of the UK scene is obviously how diverse it is, and I think you've got obviously you guys touring with Pine. Obviously, Pine are one of the probably most diverse bands in in the scene at the moment, but. Yeah, I think it's just... It's a cool time to, to be a band in the UK at the moment, I think.
1: Well, yeah, look, I guess I guess there's... I don't think there's necessarily... There's obviously going to get, I guess, be different movements or scenes that crop up every now and then. And, like, just like, with anything, there's a cycles that we go through and just, like, things build up and peter out and you just see where it goes. But, like, there's always good music. There's always good music. You don't, like don't sing I, I just don't see why you'd want to cl- uh, close yourself off to outside styles
0: yeah i get that um what i'm going to do so i've got a shoot off shortly so i will i round it up but um basically the way that we like to, i like to end these shows is kind of bring it back to to the live aspect of a band because i think it's easy for for bands to to quote unquote pick a favorite song or whatever because it's one that's melodic but I think giving a live experience is different so what I like to ask is what is your favourite song that you like to play live?
1: What That we've written or anyone's written? That,
0: that you've written?
1: Oh, oh um, In part it would be probably just because I know it would be so hard to pull off and if we pulled it off I'd love to be able to uh, play None Shall Survive Through the Churn. I think that's the title. The, like the last, like the proper, like the bit that goes death metal or, or like black metal, whatever you want to call it, at the end of uh, Flat Earth Blues. I'd love it if we could pull that off just because it's... It, like that, Imagine being able to... Like, because it's got choral vocals for people who haven't heard it. It's got like weird percussive bits and bobs like African percussion. Per, whoa! African percussion, not capussion. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, like it's got it's got so many dense layers, like weird reverses and synths and noise. And if you could actually fully pull that off, that would be such an intense song to see live. But realistically, probably the most fun song to play is maybe actually—it's hard to say. Almost <laughs> wither is a good one to play because that's one way you can. All of us have just thinking of it as being in the band. I just really like how the different parts interact with each other and how like, none of us are like all... Oh, actually, wait. Yeah, well, Kurt's playing all the time, but we're constantly kind of coming in and out and it's very much a kind of a, a textural piece. So there's moments where it'll be like literally just me playing guitar and then gradually building up and then boom, it kicks in and we go all proper noisy and it's just really satisfying playing that because you can go at that point where it kicks in it's just like break stuff rather and go (laughs) mental but yeah so all must weather or none shall survive through the churn which I think is the title that is you've hit
0: the nail on the head I I looked at you as you were saying it perfect Stephen thank you very much for for your time this evening Um, I'm sure everyone's going to love the record when they hear it because I think it's awesome so yeah
1: thank you very much Steve. No worries. What's your
0: called again? Uh, it's called the divorcee.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Hey, <laughs> I'm gonna go listen to you again now. Sick. <laughs> Boom. But well, thank you very much, dude. No it's worries, been man. Very nice talking to you.
0: Cool. Take it easy, dude.
1: Have a lovely evening. Son.
0: And you, man. Take it easy.
1: Peace. Bye. Vote Labour. <laughs>
0: So there we have it folks, thanks again to Stephen for his time uh, It was a shame that I kind of had to wrap things up because I was actually shooting out uh, after we recorded and I didn't really realise what the time was um, but I could have spoken to him for ages, he's a really interesting guy so Stephen if you're listening which I hope you are um would love to have you kind of back on for, for a part two and we can kind of talk about other things, how the band's going later on down the line um, Also massive shout out to Sean from Already Heard for hooking this up as always the dudes awesome has helped me out massively in the last year or so so please go support that website and everything that Sean does Um, as mentioned at the top of the show this is to coincide with the release of Flat Earth Blues by Human Future uh, which is out now on Truth Seeker Music so head over to truthseekermusic.com to pick up a copy of the new EP Um, and as always you can find the band on various different social media platforms uh, on Facebook, they're facebook.com forward slash human future. Twitter is at human band. Instagram is human future band, which is a one word, uh, or you can listen to the band's music over at human Uh As always, you can follow this show on Twitter at just underscore and underscore insight uh, using the hashtag JAI pod to join in any conversations or just give us some give us a shout out, give us some abuse. I don't care, just just give it go yeah just go go wild um i said at the end of the extreme rules episode that we put out in our normal tuesday slot that our next guest would be let it die obviously we had the surprise episode of today planned so it's kind of throwing things off but when we're back to normal next tuesday the guest will be let it die so please keep an eye out for that um but for now ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for joining me on the justin insight podcast once again and i will see you soon <music>